So for those of you who don't know me, my name is McKenna Allen. I'm 16 years old. I attend Winford High School. I'm a junior in exactly two days. Anyway, so yeah, uh, I cheer, which is that's a god thing that I cheer. Um, and I just, I've always felt this connection with God. I always have, ever since I was little. And I've always tried to speak out and tell people about God. And it was amazing that one night at the fire, I just, I was sharing with him about my generation. And I'll get into that, but my generation is not like any other generation there ever has been. Mm -hmm. It's so different. It's yeah. so different. And God has called my generation to do stuff that no other generation has been able to done. So right. the adults aren't going to rise to the occasion. The kids will. Us teenagers, yeah, yes. we're going to rise. So um, before this gets started, though, I just want to pray and ask God's presence yeah. to come and to just speak through me because I'm not speaking today. God speaks. Yeah. So I want everyone to know that. And it's been a hard week. It has been a hard couple couple weeks. Uh, just the enemy does not want me to be here today. So yeah. I believe that. It's God's word is true, and yeah. it's going to speak today. So Amen. please bow our heads and close our eyes, and let's just help me. Pray for me, please. Just pray for me. Um, all right, let's go. Dear God, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for your mercy, and we thank you for your love. And we thank you that you're here today. It's not me. It's not everyone else. You're here today. You're here to speak to your people. We just welcome you into the atmosphere now, God. That my agenda and my outline that I have planned, it doesn't matter anymore. It's mm. your outline. It's your agenda. But the words that come out of my mouth, they're your words. Yes. They're your words. Like I said, I'm a broken vessel, and I could not be doing this without you. So just, just speak through me and use me. Your word says that through all, I can do all things through you who strengthens me. So Lord, just, just speak today. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 <laughs> All right, I'm going to open up with Jeremiah 1.5. It says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and approved you as my chosen instrument. And before you, you were born, and I concentrated you to myself as my own. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Mm. That speaks. God has called us, okay? Yeah. God has called us to do mighty things that we're not able to do on our own. Right. It's just, just unbelievable. And once I start, I'm going to share my testimony in a little bit. And I've never done that. I've never shared what God's done in my life. My parents don't even really know the testimony <laughs> because I'm just, and I was praying and I was like, God, do you, what do you want? He's like, share your story. Share what's from your heart. Share the revelation that I've given you with others. Share it with your generation. Mm -hmm. So, all right. On to the next verse. Genesis 1, 26 to 28. It says, Then God said, Let us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, make a man in our own image, according to our own likeness, not to physical, but a spiritual personality. 
immoral likeness, and let them have complete authority over the fish in the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image and the likeness of God. He created him, male and female. He created them, and God blessed them, granting them certain authority, and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subject and subject. Yeah. <laughs> Putting under your power and rule over the rule over it, dominant, over the fish in the sea, the birds of the air, and every little thing that moves upon the earth. Man was not only a body and a conscience, but man was also to possess the eternal spirit capable of communion and fellowship with his creator. Right. Mm-hmm. He created us to have a relationship with him. The minute we took our first breath, the enemy made it his goal to disrupt the plan that God had for our lives. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To wreck and ruin the relationship with our creator, one of the ways the enemy does that is labeling. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about this, and labels just really stuck out when when he asked me to speak. Labels. And once I sat back and thought about it, it was just kind of like, wow, we use labels so much. We don't even realize we're doing it sometimes. We're just labeling everything. Another word for labeling is identifying. And when you identify someone, you're putting them in a category and you're telling them, oh, you know, like, if you were to identify me, you'd say, she talks really fast, she has long hair and brown eyes. That's identifying. So the enemy identifies. Okay, whether we realize it or not, that's his plan. He doesn't want us to see who we really are in Christ. When the enemy labels you, he's telling you who you are. Oftentimes, we allow ourselves to be defined as something that someone said we were, or the label. Or even we even label ourselves sometimes. So, you know, the thing that someone said to you ten years ago, you're holding on to that, and you're letting it defy who you are. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the words that were speaking over your life, they're controlling you. Mm. They're controlling you, and they will control you until the day that you give them to God. Oh. Mm. That's good. The enemy breaks us down until we believe until we believe the labels and the lies. As labels are placed on us, we become blinded. We no longer see the cross or see the good in our lives. Mm-hmm. We are no longer with labels comes limits. Okay, mm-hmm. with the enemy's labels that. Yeah. There it is. There it is. That was one of the big revelations yes. over my life. The enemy limits our labels mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. The labels for ourselves, they create limits. Yes. Yeah. The labels that the world creates for us, they're limits yeah. to what we can do. Mm-hmm. Classification is another word for labeling. And this one is like, wow, this is, yeah, this is the revelation. Like, this is what I'm going to be talking about. Classification, this is the definition of it. A category into which something is put into. Think about that. 
Mm. When someone is classifying you, they are putting you into a category. Mm. You gotta get this part right here. Mm -hmm. When you're put into a category, you're not able to do anything. You're put in that category. You have to stay there. You can't move. Mm. You're in the category, okay? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, what that person said to you, they put you in a category. You can no longer be bold. You can no longer be oh. what God has mm. for you because you're put in that category. Mm. The label is put on you in your label. Mm. The enemy knows that if he can classify you, then you are not able to see who you are. Therefore, you're not able to live the full potential that you have through Christ and fulfill the purpose that he has created for you. Right. You get that. Yeah. You get that. Yeah. The enemy knows that if we see ourselves how Christ sees us, that through him there are no limits. Yes. There are no limits. Yes. No boundaries. That's good. Mm -hmm. There are no categories. Mm -hmm. There are no anything. Mm -hmm. This is why our nation is in such an identity crisis. Mm -hmm. We are in an identity crisis, yes, but it's not the one that everyone else is talking about. We are searching for God. We're searching for who we are in Him. Mm -hmm. And we're so confused. We think that if we drink or if we do drugs and this and that, that it's gonna just that it's gonna be enough. It's what we're looking for. Or if we have someone that loves us and they tell us who we are, that's gonna be enough. But if you look around at the world, it's not enough. It's not enough at all. And I see it every day. I see it every day in school. I see kids going, I do this, I do that. And you know what? It's so much fun, but it doesn't last. It doesn't last. I'm still looking for something. There is such a void in my heart, and I'm just looking for something. Right. Right. We are looking for the world to tell us who we are, rather than having God tell us who we are. Mm -hmm. The enemy wants us to be so confused that we aren't able to see the truth. And we know who the truth is. Yeah. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. That's right. The world is always telling us how to improve our looks, our weight, and our daily lives. If you open up any magazines, there's always tips. There's always tips. And I used to get these teen magazines when I was younger, and it would always say, oh, do this, it'll improve your hair, and you'll look like this celebrity. Do this and that, and you'll look like this, and then maybe, then maybe you'll be perfect. Yeah. Then maybe you can be mm. Then maybe you can be happy with yourself. Mm -hmm. But what they don't tell you is those celebrities aren't happy with themselves. Right? Oh. <laughs> the celebrities oh. aren't where they need to be. Mm. They're unhappy with life. Oh, that's good. That's good. And that was really, the enemy really had a hold of me. I kind of got away from God for a while. And I was looking to all these celebrities. And I was looking to all these different people. And you know what? I noticed. They I read, I watched an interview, with, I couldn't even tell you who it was, but they said, I'm just still not happy. You think that this fame, this this attention yeah. that I'm getting is yeah. enough and that everyone knows my name? It's not enough. It's not, right. it's not enough. And that's the lie of the enemy. The yeah. enemy wants to tell you, if you can be like this person, if you can do that, if your hair can just look like that, if your weight was just this amount, if you, if you could just do this, then you'll yeah. be happy. Yeah. Right. And it's a never-ending chase. Yes. Yeah. 
once we find something, it's not good enough. You gotta look for this, you gotta look for that. So yeah, that's true. The media, that's the media. The enemy has hold of the media really, really bad. And I see that everywhere. So that's just kind of what I've picked up on from magazines. It's just kind of interesting what mm -hmm. the enemy the lies that the enemy put in there. Yeah. Another thing, social media. That's a big one. It really is. Especially for my generation. It's just the average person spends 23 hours a week on social media. That's almost night and day on social media. <laughs> just looking at other people's lives and seeing what they're up to and seeing what their hair looks like and seeing what their weight is and seeing how nice their house is. You know, it's comparing. That's all it is. Because yeah. if we compare ourselves to others, we're all made differently. Right. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if we're Great. if we compare ourselves to others, we're not going to be happy. We're going to find flaws that they don't have. They're going to have better. There's always going to be someone better looking than you. At least that's what you think. Mm. Mm. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Good. So if you're looking for all this in the world, if you're looking to social media and saying, "Oh, I need to look like her. I need to. I need to post pictures like her. I need to I need to have my bio look like hers. I need to. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to be. I just need to be good enough." <laughs> there is no freedom when you are labeled. Mm -hmm. There's no freedom yeah. at all. When I was about 12 years old, I went through a really hard time. And it wasn't even the circumstances that were around me that were too hard. It was just everything else that was going on with me spiritually and mentally. And I remember a lot of times I would just come home from school and I just wasn't, I just wasn't feeling God like I used to feel when I was younger. And Oh, obviously God's mad at you. That's what the enemy told you. Mm -hmm. God's mad at you. God doesn't love you. You missed the mark. You messed up this time. And I just became really depressed as a 12-year-old, which that's not normal. Yeah. And a lot of times I would just come home from school and I would just cry and I would cry. And I said, I remember crying one day and I was like, God, I'm sorry I let you down, but can you please stop putting me through all this? Can you please stop? And the enemy made lies about God, and I believed them. Mm. So I no longer wanted anything to do with God. I would act like I did, but I didn't. I didn't at all. I was mad at him, and I almost told him every day that I was. And the enemy had a hold of me. Mm. And it just slowly, my self-esteem just slowly started going down every day, you know. And it wasn't like when I was little how I was just proud of myself and I could just go out and play and just have fun and just be satisfied. It wasn't like that anymore. It was, oh, my hair needs to look this way now. No, no I need to do this. I need to do that. And even though I was homeschooled, I was still seeing other kids and I was still being around them and they were still telling me, how I was, and I noticed every time I walk up to someone, they're like, "Oh, I like your hair. Why are you?" Or they'd be be nice comments sometimes, but other times they'd be like, "Why are you doing that?" And it just slowly started. I became nothing. There came a point. It just became to the point where I was like, "I'm done. I don't want this anymore. I don't. I could care less if I woke up 
it was that bad. Just to not be able to feel like your God loved you was just, that was a lie, but it's how I felt. And I remember all my friends were going to a camp, summer camp for a Christian camp. And I decided to go, you know, have fun, spend time with my friends, you know, I used to act like I wasn't mad at God and I had it all together. Because that's the thing, you have to act like you have it all together if you're a Christian. That's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Church should be the place where you come and you don't have to act like that. You should be able to boldly talk to each other about our problems without having to feel like we're judged and we're being labeled. Right. It's good. That's, that's the spirit that's on church right now is religious. That's a religious spirit. People don't feel welcomed into our doors anymore. They don't feel the love of God. We make it into, you have to wear this this long of a skirt. You have to you have to say this every night. God is mad at you, and he's not proud of you. You're a sinner. You're going to hell unless you ask him to say That's not what our God is at all. Okay? And I even... When I was not where I needed to be at with God, I would even look at other Christians and I'm like, and you want me to be like that again? That's how I was back then? Oh my goodness, no wonder why I'm not like that anymore. Right. Right. But anyways, that's my testimony. <laughs> I went to the went to the church and it was about I'd say about three hundred kids there all together. And we were just in this little old rinkety building. That's old. It looked like it was going to fall down. <laughs> yeah. Money is older. <laughs> Getting paid. There, so. But no. Uh, and there was, there was a call one night for depression. You had depression, you were supposed to come up and walk up there. And obviously, I wasn't going to go up. Because I, nothing was wrong with me. I'm fine. You know, I'm fine. I don't need that. I can do it all by myself. My cousin was up there, though. So I went up there, and I was just there for her. I wasn't there for me. I wasn't there to have an encounter with God. I didn't want God. I even told him. If if any time I started to feel God, I said, no, I don't want you. I don't want you anymore. I don't need you. And I just started singing. It was just... Holy, holy is what they were saying. So I started singing that. And I just felt the presence of God coming on. And I, uh, no, no, no. No, we're not going to do this. Not going through this again. I, I don't want to. I don't want to let you down again. I don't want you to let me down. I don't want that. Right. A counselor, mind this, there's 300 kids there. They don't know any of us. They don't know our stories. We've never even talked to any of them. They don't even know where we're from. He comes up to me and he looks me in the eyes and he said, all God wants you to know right now is that he's proud of you. And I said, what? I said, I'm sorry, what did you just say? He said, all God wants you to know right now is that he's proud of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God's proud of me. Three words changed my life. Three words 
broke that spirit that was on me, broke that bondage, broke that hate, broke that pain. Mm. And I remember falling to my knees and I just began to cry out to God and I said, but God, I said, it's been two years. I, I have tried everything. I've mocked you. I, I nothing to do with you at all. I've even acted like I, like I loved you. And you're proud of me for that? You're proud of me? But it's not, it's who I am and him that he's proud of. Mm. He's not proud of me. He's not proud of the worldly McKenna. He's proud of the spiritual mm. McKenna. There you go. And he sees the good, okay? There is good in each and every person. It's sometimes hard to believe, but there is good in every single person. And God sees that. We can't see it, the world can't see it, and the enemy can see it, but he doesn't want you to know that he sees it. The second night, I just really began to pursue God. I wanted God again. I, I didn't care. I wanted God. And I just began talking to him like I used to and just feeling his love and his presence and his mercy. And there was just still something holding me back. There's there's just something holding me back, and I couldn't let it go. I didn't even know really what it was. I was just holding on to it. I couldn't let go of it. I, you know. And another counselor. <laughs> and he goes, let it go. Mm. How do you know what I'm thinking right now? <laughs> let it go. Let go of the labels. Let go of the things that were spoken over you. Let go of the things that you thought of yourself. Let it go because you're not that. Right. You're my child, and I tell you who you are. Yeah. So God, sometimes God, God has to be a little bit stern with us. Mm-hmm. He's like, if, I felt God telling this. He's like, listen, you really need to listen. Right. I tell you who you are. I tell you your limits. I tell you your ability. I classify you. I identify you. Right. Yeah. Not the world. Yeah. Not the enemy, and not yourself. And I let it go. And it was just like the weight was lifted off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. I could finally look myself in the mirror and not hate what I saw. Mm-hmm. Because if I can't love myself, then let's love the God that's in me, right? Mm-hmm. right. <laughs> if I'm not happy with what I'm doing, my failures, my successes, I, if I'm not happy with that, I can at least look to God because God's in every one of those situations. Yeah. And I can say, thank you, God. I love you, God. Mm. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Then the, then the last night came around. All the nights were good, even the first night, which that's not normal for camps. I've been to so many camps, and it's usually like, oh, the last one's really good. you got to work your way up to it. God was there. Amen. And it was the night of a really bad storm, and it was pouring down rain. We had to eat our wonderful meals that were provided. We had to go <laughs> down into buses, and they had to take us because there was lightning, and it was just, it was bad. And... There's always bad before God works. There's always bad before God works. So I was just pursuing God, 
that night. And I just, I now wasn't limited anymore. I wasn't limited. I still saw myself somewhat of what I thought I was. And as Christians, we don't take advantage of that. We don't take advantage that God died on that cross and took away those labels. We don't take that. We still live like we're classified. We still live in a category. We still put limits on ourselves. God, if you're going to use me, then I need to make sure that this is actually you and that this isn't just me, you know, making things up. And I said, write it out on the wall. because That's what my parents always say. They always ask God to write it out on the wall for them. That way, it's, there's no question about it. So I was just, I kept repeating, God, write it out on the wall, write your plan, your purpose for my life, because I know you have, I know I have one. I know I have one. The theme about that canvas, I forgot to talk about that, was writing your canvas, painting your canvas, how you're a canvas, and you can paint your own masterpiece, or you can let God paint your masterpiece yeah. and good. paint his picture in your life. But he wants to paint a picture on every single one of our lives that will impact the people looking at it's good. So I began to go through that line. Presence of God couldn't even walk. Couldn't even walk. People were pushing me through the line, pushing me through the line. And I remember just laying on the ground, crying, being in God's presence like I was never, like I've never experienced before, ever. And he said, McKenna? I can see it. I can still see it, right? He wrote it on the wall. He wrote it. And I saw the words in my mind. He wrote it. And I heard his voice, too. And it said, your generation called. Mm. Period. Your generation is like no other. Period. Yes. I have put such a fire in your generation and such a hunger for me. Mm. Come on, cat. Come on. Mm. Like no other. There it is. There it is. Mm. He said, You will speak. Mm. He said, You will speak to your generation and you will help them rise up and you're going to change America. Mm. You're going to change the world mm. through me. Mm. And after that, you know, Hanami started. After I got out of that, the enemy's like, that's a lie. You can't speak. You can't speak at all. You know? You're too all over the place to speak and <laughs> say a sermon. <laughs> so, I was really thinking about that with my generation. Um, I was homeschooled all the way up through school. I was homeschooled or I was at a private Christian school. I had never been out in public school. I never even really was around kids that weren't Christians. I just, I wasn't. And I thank God for my parents for keeping me like that for a very long time so I was able to mature. My freshman year of high school, which is when I had my, the summer of my freshman year is when I had the encounter with God. I begged and begged and begged and begged and begged my parents to let me go to school. I begged them. I said, please let me go to school. I just want to have friends. I just want to be happy. Maybe then I'll be happy. Mm. And they're like, no, God's telling us no. So that made me even more mad at God. <laughs> Like, oh, okay, yeah, thanks for just coming in and making my life wonderful. <laughs> so, my sophomore year, I went into school. 
And I heard what school was like. I heard that school was bad. And, you know, God wasn't in the schools at all. When I got in there, though, when you just walk into that place, you just, there's a, there's a fear of confusion on that place. Mm. Mm. There's an identity crisis in the school. Mm. And I would walk through the hallways, and, you know, I, I talk a lot, and I try to be nice to people. So I, I would wave to people when I was nice. I was still the new girl, though, so I was mainly trying to focus on my classes and stuff. But it came along to the time where I was like, okay, let's make friends now. Let's make friends. Let's talk to people. And the first person that really opened up to me was this guy. And he's not a Christian at all, and he makes that very clear. <laughs> you know, God's not real, God's not real. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, how do these people even know I'm a Christian? How do these people know that, you know, I love God? Because I wasn't even going around and saying, hey, I'm a Christian. Hi, my name's Ken Allen. They knew who I was, though. So they labeled me already. Mm -hmm. They identified me as a Christian. Yeah. And people would not talk to me for a really long time. I, mean, I would go up and I would try to talk to people. And I tried to have conversations, and it just it wasn't going anywhere. And I remember telling my mom after school one day, I was like, Mom, these kids won't talk to me. <laughs> I don't know if I, I did, like, do I smell bad? What? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And mom goes, just pray about it. Just pray about it. So I'm like, okay. Well, it was about just a couple weeks before Christmas break. I kind of started talking to my mom. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not talking to anyone. And I just, I'm feeling kind of down on myself again. And I don't want to feel that way anymore. And I want to have friends. And I want to talk to people. Maybe I should be in school again. Maybe I should just... This isn't for me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm not called to this school to tell everyone about God. Maybe I'm not, maybe that's not me. And those homecoming court, you had to you had to vote for each other. I didn't even know what homecoming court it was. I didn't know at all what it was. And everyone's like, oh yeah, you'll get it. And I was like, no, no, I don't want it. My teacher over here just said that. Because I, you know, I still wasn't. McKenna, the daughter of Christ, I was just McKenna. So, no, I'm not going to get that. I'm not. It's my first, I've been at this school probably three and a half months. I'm not going to get this. And it was the last, it was testing day. So, I did testing day before that, and there was another testing day. So, I wasn't at school that day. And my old teacher was my mom's friend, and she messaged my mom on Facebook and says, Can you have McKenna come to my classroom today? Oh, no, what I do? <laughs> what I say? <laughs> So I go in there and hi, Jennings. You want homecoming court? Wow. I said, what? <laughs> she said, you want homecoming court? Your sophomore attended for homecoming court. No, no, I'm not. Like that's a no. And I said, wait, am I like the final three? Am I? I'm not. I can't have like won this overall. And she said, you won it. Do you want it? I heard you over saying like you're not gonna get it. I don't know if you ever even wanted that. And I said, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll accept I'll I accept. And I remember coming out to the car and mom I told mom, I said, Mom, I won homecoming for it. She goes, What? She goes, Wait, are you sure you're like not the final three? Are you sure you actually like have this? And I said, No, mom, I won. I won homecoming for it. Wow. For my class. Wow. 
And she said, I prayed for you. I've been praying for you for the past couple weeks that God would show you how special you are and how he wants you at that school and how people do care about you and how people do want you. Wow. <laughs> to God be the glory. I have no confidence. McKenna has no confidence. McKenna, the daughter of Christ, has confidence. Amen. I let the Lord tell me who I am now. I don't let other people, I don't let myself, I don't let myself, I don't look in the mirror and say, you know, you need to fix this and this about you. No, I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. Amen. Yes. And that's just my generation struggle. I thank God for the times that I went through. And I was, back then I was wondering, why am I going through these times? Why am I feeling like this? And now I know this is how my generation feels. I can't be quiet about this. I have to tell everyone. I have to tell everyone. I have to start being bold. I have to start speaking about you. Not throwing it in everyone's faces, but when you, when you tell me to speak, I'll speak. Mm, right. There it is. It's good. There it is. It's mm -hmm. good. I don't want to be religious. I don't want to be what everyone else and what the world thinks Christians are. I want to be who God tells me are. Who I am. Because that's the problem. That's like I said, that's why people are afraid to come to church. They're afraid to talk to God. Because they think that we just come and we label Christianity. That's how God labeling is nowadays. And it's crazy. So I try to be nicest I can be to everyone and spread that love what Jesus would. Jesus never yeah. judged anyone. He was just nice to them. And when it comes to standing up for my beliefs, I will do that. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to throw it in your faces like mm -hmm. other other people do in the world. So I always want to try for sure. Which is just I don't know why. I like to dance. I like to be loud. I like to talk. That's <laughs> <laughs> me perfectly, right? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I tried out. I was I signed up to try out, and I remember just dreading it, dreading trying out because I I wasn't gonna make it in my mind. I wasn't gonna, you know, I can't do all these things. I can't do everything that every I need to do to be able to get this. And I kind of just prayed to God that night. And I was like, you know what, God? If you want me to get this, if you want me to be a light to this program, then let me get it. And if you don't, then fine, I will praise you through it all. So clinics were really hard for me to learn everything. And it was just kind of a really big struggle because I'm not as fast as everyone else is with learning everything. And came the night of the tryouts and I showed mom my tears and she's like, uh, yeah, let's just go practice a little bit more. <laughs> okay. So it came to the night of the tryouts and I was so nervous. I couldn't eat. I was, I was paranoid all day at school. And when I went to try out, I said, this girl, this, she was a senior last year. She walked me up. And she said, you're just going to go in there and smile, and you know, they're going to do this, and they're going to do that. 
And I wasn't even really listening to anything she was telling me. I was having a with God. And I said, God, steal it. Steal my show. Mm -hmm. That can be used in every day life. Yeah. Steal my show. Steal my show. You know, I don't want to go to work, but steal it. Let me encounter people and tell them about you. Encounter people through me. Well, I messed up the dance really bad for your house. And my jumps were amazing. And I just remember going home and I told my mom, I was like, I don't think I'll get it. I'll be happy if I get JD. And my mom also prayed the same prayer that I did. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I got varsity. <laughs> I looked I looked at the list three times and my friend tagged me on Facebook and said, Congrats on making varsity McKenna and it was like she probably read it wrong. I'd go back and I was the last name on the list, but I was on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. God shows me in every way, in every day, that I need to be confident. <laughs> that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, we can't grasp that. We can't get it around our heads that we, there are no limits to what we can do. There are no boundaries. You know, if God calls us to something, we look at ourselves and we go, I don't think I can do this. I don't I don't think I can speak today. I don't think I can hear. I don't think I can, you know, go up to this person and talk about God. I don't think I can do that. And that's been the revelation in my life. And I hear God, sometimes God has to remind me what he's done in my life. And I remember one Sunday, he was here recently, he's like, McKenna, you're letting people label you. We're not going to go through this again, okay? You're letting people label you, and you're letting people tell you who you are. Good. You need to stop. See me. See you how I see you. Mm. So, that's just me. I want to boldly be able to tell people, yes, I'm a Christian without feeling ashamed. Mm -hmm. I want to boldly be loving and nice to people that other people are afraid to talk to. Yeah. I want to be different. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that the enemy doesn't want. Mm -hmm. If he, if we find out that we're different and we belong over here and we're a puzzle piece and we don't fit into any other category, then we're limitless and we can follow mm -hmm. God's way. Right. But that's what the world's trying to do over here. The world's trying to tell you that you have to fit into this category. You have to act like this. You have to do this. You have to do that. It is. So, my generation is going crazy right now. Crazy. Crazy. They're looking for God they don't know. They're looking for other things to fill the void. And I was able to, I had a, we went to cheer camp, and I was able to have a I had a dorm with someone who was my friend. I, I talked to her throughout school. She was really nice. And we were laying in bed one night, exhausted. Couldn't do, so sore. <laughs> and she just began naming all these problems. She's like, I was diagnosed with 
this, I can use this. I have seven different problems with seven different colors. There's something she's telling me about it. And, you know, I have like all these different colors on my like, chart because I have this wrong with me. I can't eat right. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is like talking to her because I saw myself in her. Mm. I saw my old self in her. And I turned to her, and I was I was hesitant at first, and I said, Brooke, do you believe in God? She goes, yeah, I believe there's a God, but I believe he doesn't care about me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, really? I wouldn't know how that feels. <laughs> and, well, I said, you know, I believe in God, right? Yeah, you believe in God. I said, yeah. She went, I wish I was happy as you are. I wish I was, I wish I was happy like you are. You're always happy. You seem to be happy at least. And she's like, well, I know it's because you got this, and you get to wear these clothes, and you have a boyfriend, and it's it's all good. And I, and I looked to her, and I said, none of those things make me happy. Mm-hmm. None of those things matter. Mm-hmm. I said, I can't find my worth, and I can't find my happiness in those things. We can't rely on other people. We can't rely on ourselves. We can't rely on this, and we can't rely on that for our happiness. Our happiness is in God. And I told her that. I said, no, I find my happiness, and I find my strength in God. And I know, I I remembered the mindset that I was in, and I I saw it in her, and said, listen, I'm not going to sit here all night and hound you about becoming a Christian, and Telling you that you're a sinner and you're doing all these things wrong, I said, I'm just going to tell you one simple thing, and that's Jesus loves you. And he's what you're looking for. And I told her, I said, I know where you're at. I know how you're feeling. I said, but if you could just have an encounter with God, that's what I kept telling her. I was like, if my generation just has an encounter with God, like I did... Yeah. There will be no identity crisis. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. And I said, He loves you so much that He died for you. I said, I know that's hard to believe, and I know you don't feel like that right now. And I said, And I know how you feel. I know how you feel, and I know you don't want to hear it. I said, he loves you. See, that's the thing about Christianity. That's not like any other religion. Our God is love. Yeah. Our God is so different from everything else. So if our God's different and we're following God, shouldn't we also be different? That's right, we kind of. So she was speaking and she said, what was it? She said that she applied for dancing with the stars, but she thought it would be fun. She never heard anything back. Months, months after she was supposed to hear something back. She went, oh, okay, you know, great, God, thanks. It's okay. Glory to you. If you didn't want me to do it, then I'm not going to do it. She got a call the day before the show was about to shoot. 
and they told her, they said, you're a week behind everyone else. Everyone else almost has their routines. You have to fly out to LA tomorrow morning, and you have to be on the show if you want this. Something came up, we apologize it took so long for coming back, but we want you to be on our show. And she goes, no, no, I don't want it. And she said she took her little sister out to lunch that the next day. Well, her mom got off the phone and said, no, I'll give her a couple more days, maybe she'll think about it. And they said, oh, okay. So she took her little sister out to lunch, and the little sister turned to her and she said, Sadie, is this the fear talking, or is this you talking? Mm. <laughs> you know, Sadie's like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I wasn't confident in myself. And that's her life mission now, is to make everyone feel confident. And she says, I'm not speaking because I know it and I have it all together. She said, but I'm speaking because I'm speaking myself. As a church, we need to stand up. We need to step it up. Mm. We're not doing what we're supposed to do. We are seeing ourselves how the world you know, we can't pay this bill. We don't have enough money. I can do all things through Christ. That verse is so overused, but we don't actually take it for its full potential. We overlook things. We overlook the, the perks of being a Christian. Right. Yeah. And I just tell myself every day, you know, this is who I am in Christ. Don't. And I constantly try to, I feel myself trying to label myself and the world trying to label myself and the enemy just against me and I say no 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 I'm not like that I'm not afraid I'm God's child I'm bold I'm confident in him whether I believe it or not I am yeah. I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made that's what he says <laughs> let me tell you something my generation is going to find that out. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. My generation is going to see God how most generations weren't able to see God. Yeah. Because we think, you know, oh, this is God. He died for my sins. That's great. He's wonderful. He's awesome. That's the end of it. God is endless. Yeah. God is the beginning. He's the middle. And he's the end. Mm. He has no end. Yeah. It'll spread. It'll spread from my generation. It'll spread to your guys' generation. It'll spread to all generations. And it will spread to all parts of the world. Amen. There's a revival coming. Yes. Yes. We're in the minority, though, right? No, no, we're not. No, we're not. The revival's coming, and when it does, the media is going to be talking about us. Yeah. And they're not going to have anything to say. Why are all these people doing this? Why are all these people loving God? You know, we, we haven't seen anything ever like this. I'm prophesying right now. <laughs> yeah. Declare it. It's going to spread. Yeah. But we have to be in the Word. We have to be praying for 
my generation and grew up. And we we can't we can't rely on ourselves to do that. Mm-hmm. We have to rely on Christ. I know him, yeah. Because I think a lot of us, a lot of Christians nowadays are trying to do it themselves. They're trying to spread the gospel. They're trying to tell people about God. They're trying to spread God's love by themselves. And it's, no. <laughs> God's not going to do that. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. We, we, we cannot do that. He's going to use us. But we have to rely on him, and we have to be praying for our generation. And I believe the revival is going to break out in my school, surrounding schools. I believe it's just going to spread. It's going to spread in the area. It's going to start in the area. It's going to start in the It's just going to spread. Yes. It's just going to spread. It's going to. It's the odd thing now to be a Christian and to love God and to do things the Bible says, but it's not going to be like that anymore. It'll be odd for it not to be like that. Right. It'll be odd for you to not be doing the things of God. Come on. So I'm going to end with this. Start acting like you're a child of God. <laughs> Start taking him how he is. It's good. Stop looking at yourself. It's good. Stop telling yourself who you are. Don't even listen to yourself. <laughs> Say no. This is me. I'm a child of God. I was born for this purpose. And the purpose and the calling that God has on your life, don't be afraid to do it. Right. Because you're still good, you're gonna feel empty until you fulfill the purpose that he has for your life. Always searching.